This is the Halo Construction and Real Assets Podcast. Well, it's another new year, so let's give a big welcome to 2024. Now, 2023 was a stressful year for many of us, so let's trust that 2024 will be a little easier on all of us. We are now halfway through dry January with the Halo team. Well done, team. It's tough, but let's persevere. It's been quite a while since we did a podcast. Uh, I think the last one was July of last year. And huge apologies for that, but we've been incredibly busy, both with Halo and the Safety Cakes partnership, and also with our new venture coming up soon, the Halo Revolution. In this podcast, we're going to have part two, and sorry, Tony, this is part two of Tony Grinrod's interview. Oh, yeah. Almost certainly the best project director I've met in my life, and now a suitable promotion with Vinci. Oh, yes. That is what I want. But first... Why does compliance in the construction industry in the UK come with such a hefty press tag? And I'm not referring to the costs of construction themselves. In his excellent book, Show Me the Bodies, How We Let Grenfell Happen, by Peter Apps, the author reveals the bureaucratic ineptitude of UK Gov to keep pace with changes in the construction industry and to reflect these changes in the approved codes to building regulations. Such that archaic principles like the 18-meter rule prevail, even to this day. An 18-meter rule based on a Victorian ladder prevails. Shocking and embarrassing. You're freaking unbelievable! You know that! As we all know, the next level of guidance in how to be compliant with building regulations are the so-called British standards. Now, let's take a little look back as to where the British standards come from. So, in 1997, and in fact the 1st of April 1997, the British Standards Institute was privatised. So, what does that mean? They have to make money. They have to make a profit. Okay, that's not unusual. Many such institutions around the world make money from selling the standards. They have to be maintained. They have to be upkept. Not too much of a problem. But let's take any standard. And for this, I selected BSEN 1634, Part 1, 2014, plus A1 Change, 2018, The Fire Resistance of Doors and Shutters. A beautiful little title. Now, in Finland, you can buy the same standard for £103.36. That includes VAT. In Holland, the Netherlands, you can buy the same standard for £111.17, including VAT. In the Republic of Ireland era, you can pay the same standard, £112.80, including VAT, 23% VAT in Ireland. And in the UK, you can buy it for 
£366.30. 264% higher than any other country in Europe. It's the same bloody code. And it's costing you three times as much to buy it in the UK than you would if you lived in Finland. Just saying, some people are making a huge killing out of safety. Now, in the industry, you have to buy all of these safety codes, and there are hundreds of them, and you have to buy all of them to be safe and compliant and to understand how to be compliant. £360, sorry, 364% of the price of the same code in Finland? Really? Really? Come on, BSI. You can do a lot better than that. Give me your money. I think we're going to look at this in more detail in future podcasts because I, for one, am not very happy about that charge. <laughs> I've been robbed. Of course you've been robbed. Once more, a huge apologies to Tony Grinrod and the delay in getting part two of his interview out. So, let's take it away, Tony. Cool. Yeah. You come across as a very driven person. Yeah. Where do you get that personal drive from? I um, I just arrive at work every day. Well, I, I, I don't arrive at work every day and I'm enthusiastic. I'm like everybody. I, you know, we always wake up every once in a while. I'd rather I, I wasn't on site this morning. I'd, I'd rather just stay at home and have, a, have another hour of sleep but as a general rule I am enthusiastic about our industry and the reason I am is, is because of a lot of the things which we started speaking about it's it's an exciting industry um, every day at work something else is happening I mean I can walk around here and I can look at I don't know six or seven of the, the jobs I've worked on you know some of the highest office buildings and Highs, high in the buildings in, in Manchester, and I can feel a real sense of achievement. And yeah. Uh, and yeah, it, it has it has its hard stages. And once in a while, you wake up in the morning and you wish you weren't in the industry. But it's extremely exciting. And as I say, I I, I always have that have that sense of achievement as well. Yeah. Now, apart from the occasional beer with Ben, yeah, um, one, yeah. outside of work. What makes you happy? What 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 is your what what would you like to do? I like to I like to um, lie in on Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have a, I have an absolutely awesome uh, I, I am I have an awesome family. I've got some yeah. beautiful friends. Yeah, yeah. And I do like to switch off on a weekend. And I do like to do. I mean, I have Harvey, who's my youngest lad, and his yeah. and his older sister. Phoebe and and Phoebe and Harvey love sports and it seems like almost every hour of the weekend is, is often involving sports and flying around with them. But I, I love all of that. I love to see friends and just really um, I love hiking as well. I mean, I think uh, I, you know we'll be speaking about a hiking event in a while as well. So yeah. just um, after after you have had a, a week which has been hectic and you. And you have that in you know, a sense of achievement of, of how it, it's been as a week. Yeah. To switch off and just and spend a few hours, you know, with your friends. Yeah, I, I totally it's agree great. with you. I, th- I think you know it's 
all-pervasive work can become all-pervasive especially when you're running your own business it can, I can be all-pervasive and yeah. it's really yeah. important to switch off it is yeah. and have quality family time mm-hmm. and just not switch that phone off and just have that quality family time yeah i think even elon musk is six days a week and he has that one day yeah. which is just it's needed it is needed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah now you run a project you run a project site that's very inclusive you know uh, that's takes diversity to heart um, you're very opening you're yeah. excellent in your communication mm. sensitively it's not unnoticeable that you have a speech difference i i do yeah, yeah. but but we have noticed that either consciously or unconsciously you use that to great advantage because people actually listen mm. to what you're saying yeah, it's it's interesting, and uh, and I, I mean it's something I've had, you know, my whole life. Yeah. It's something which was, um, I, you know, hard work to deal with. You know, when I was I was younger, I was in school because you'd you'd stand up in English to read out, and you'd uh, you find it hard to, to say every single word. But I think I, I mean I'm almost through it. I do once in a while I get. Stuck on a, I get stuck on a word. But the one thing I've learned because of my my speech impediment is that you know when you are speaking to someone, when you're explaining something, or you want to help them understand something, you need to to work hard at that. Yeah. Um, I suppose if someone hasn't ever had a speech impediment like I have, then it's just almost it. I just accept. Yeah, I can speak. I can say words. I can and all this and I won't ever have a, a hindrance with that but it makes you understand that you know how you handle yourself in front of other people how you ensure that everybody's informed is extremely, extremely important so yeah it was hard when I was younger at yeah. school and I and all that but I'm, I'm hopeful that I've learned a lot as a result of it as well and it's, it's sort of influence you know who I am do you think that underlines your drive for inclusivity? Yeah, I think it does. I think um, I think because I went through a few hard years when I was young, when I got laughed at and things like that, I think I understand that that feeling of actually being left out. Yeah. Um, so that's why I, I suppose it's I suppose you know, I've never really thought about it. That's why I like to make sure that everybody's involved, everybody understands where the job's headed, and I, I use the expression similar to the same hymn sheet. Because if you, if you do that, one thing I've learned over the years is that it just helps us on a, a scheme, it, it helps to stay on schedule, it helps with safety, it helps you with everything on a yeah. which happens on a building site. So, oh, construction's got a bad reputation for being aggressive. Mm being very masculine driven mm. and in the aftermath of Grenfell it was classed as being dysfunctional yeah. as a family it was classed as being dysfunctional how difficult is it to and I, I do think you pioneer a very inclusive one team approach which has a common purpose yeah. of goals how difficult is it to actually lead that when you've got you know, and I'm not saying the, the team here are dysfunctional, they're a great bunch of people, but I'm saying as an industry, we are kind of slightly dysfunctional and we're getting better at it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people are working together as teams, you know, I mean, how difficult is that? I, 
I don't think it is hard. Um, I think when you, I think you know when you've worked on a on a site on a scheme that has had a lot of like you know it wins awards, it it hands over early, you know everybody wins. Yeah. I think the word sort of spreads, and that I, I, I certainly think a lot of the of the organisations and the staff who have worked on our scheme at um, New Vic had heard that look if we, if we we help each other if we work as one if we put the scheme as as always step one and even if it's even it makes our lives a little bit harder uh, because we're looking at the scheme first of all inherently it helps us yeah and that's you know something i always speak about a lot look if the scheme is flying ahead and everybody's winning inherently everybody wins so i don't think it is a hard thing but the industry has had a history of let's just spend our lives arguing. Yeah, yeah. And do you know what? It's hard enough as it is, right? To build a high-rise scheme and you don't have a lot of space and everybody wants it early, everybody wants to spend less, which has been how the industries have operated. Our life is hard enough, so yeah. just work as one and help each other. Brilliant. I think focusing, we've seen a lot of focus on this job of external charitable concerns. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you and Matt and other people on the team have been yeah. very powerful in your sort of dedication to that. Yeah. The Life Share Christmas event. Yes. Exemplary. Yes. It's just, I mean, I've never ever been involved in a construction project where, and especially with, some, with the amazing welfare facilities you have. That it's been open to homeless yeah. people yeah, yeah. to give them a place to actually eat, yeah. you know, to to get medical attention, yeah. to get some clothes, yeah. um, etc. Do you think that focus or that push on external charitable endeavours? Do you think that helps in the collective goal of success for a project team? Because um, it's not all about work, is it? It's about it's not all about work. No, it's about how you know how you know we influence uh, you know, those around us. And um, yeah, so I I did a, a job a number of years ago, um, and I worked with LiveShare on that scheme. So I was aware of LiveShare, you, yeah. know, you know, and I have I've worked you know, with them on other jobs as well. But the fact is, um, our site when the site actually you know, isn't open. In holidays, yeah. we have all the space available, and it just seemed wrong that if we didn't use that space to help help live show and help who live show work with homeless and anyone else who's struggling to just enhance you know their lives. Um, and it was it was an effort you know by almost everybody who worked on the job, our staff, um, the, the staff of everyone else working on the scheme. The everybody working on site, and you know, it was just awesome how I, you know we wanted to do something which is you know slightly unusual, yeah. but I think Sisk up with taking on Sisk, who I have also worked with yeah. Sisk. Yeah, I've, I've, I still have a number of friends who work at Sisk, and we're hoping that um, once obviously you know ourselves aren't available to help as a result yeah. of, of the scheme has ended, we can help Sisk. Um, to start it up and to um, help live show in the future, and then hopefully uh, Cisco will then hand it on, or it, it might spring up elsewhere. Even, who knows? Even that, I mean, 
You've got a great pedigree in Manchester because I know we went out for dinner and you were saying, yeah, I built that, yeah, built that, yeah, built <laughs> yeah. that, yeah, yeah built yeah, yeah. that, yeah. all the iconic buildings. The way you approach, you know, even the relationship with Cisco is yeah. obviously you work for Vinci Building. Yes. And the approach to Cisco, you still have those bonds. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a small world. It's yeah. Small. I mean, um, I went out, you know, with some old friends who I used to work at. Sisky a few weeks ago and we speak about the job we've worked on and uh, the laughs you know we yeah. have on those jobs don't they but it, it, it is such a small industry it's such a small world and um, look if we're not able to help you know those outside of our own um, firms who you know we work for to, to help others I guess you, you know if we, if we use you know, this example I want I want to help you know live share through Vinci but I want to help live share through old friends who I've worked with elsewhere as well in the past, so why not? So you've just completed the SAS fan dance. Yeah. Are you mad? I mean, yeah, you know, I, I mean, if you want to be in the SAS, I think you need to do it in three hours 50, I think I... Three hours wobbled, 20. <laughs> no, I wobbled in at five and a half hours, so I was, a, I was a bit, no, I was a lot slow, but... Yeah, it was well, it was a work event. Um, there was myself and Alzheimer's Society. Uh, yeah, it was for Alzheimer's, and I believe we raised about five and a half, half, half thousand pounds. Brilliant. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, uh, uh, you know, out with the people I work with, it, it, myself and eleven others. It's held in the uh, the I go up and over, and then up and over again the highest hill in yeah. South Wales. As I say, I, I did it in five and a half hours. I don't think it helped the fact that we arrived there after work on the Friday and we went to have, have one beer. <laughs> ended up having about six, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. We were up at 6 a.m. Saturday morning to do the fan dance. So, yeah, absolutely, 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 I loved it. It's a real slog, it's a real hard event. Do you, get, do you get to that breaking point where you've got to push through? Yeah, you do. It's, well, it, I mean, any event where I believe it's step one if you want to be in like the SAS. Yeah. It's obviously a reasonably hard event. It's a lot, you know, I wasn't holding a lot of weight. If you, if you, if you want to be in the SAS, you, you have to be weighted and all those other things. It's a lot harder. I, we went along to spend a weekend, people who we were with, uh, I raised the five and a half unit thousand pounds, but I'm going to fund as well. Brilliant. I did, um, I did. I don't know whether you know, I did Krav Maga for many years. Oh, right, okay. And uh, we did a training course with the Israeli commandos. Oh, right. And that training course involved them, A, just putting us through the paces, but yeah. then they put us in stress positions. Why and, would you want to do that? Well, it was, it, it was interesting because it, it, it drilled into my head, which was as you were going pushing through the pain barrier, and you didn't have to do it. Yeah, yeah, you didn't no. have to do it. You could stop yeah, at any yeah. point in time. But we were all pushing through the pain bar in these stress positions. And the commandos were walking around yeah. and they would walk to you and you'd be sagging in the stress position and they'd put you back in the stress position very gently, very gently. And they'd whisper in your ear, pain is the body's way of telling you that you're still alive. Yes. And whilst you're still alive, you can survive. Yes. And that's... Mm. So I, I tell that to my kids. And I, don't, mm. I don't put my kids in stress yeah. positions, but I tell them to my kids, which is, you know, pain is you're alive. If you bang your knee, Absolutely. you're alive. Get up. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's it's interesting. I mean, I, I mentioned earlier, you know, I've got Harvey and Phoebe, and I always 
if they're doing sports and if they're exhausted or if something's hurt to them, it will stop. It will stop. Uh, you know, the injury heals. Yes. Um, it won't hurt in the morning when you wake up. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a nice outlook on life, isn't it? So do you get something personally out of it? I've, I've always loved to do events like that. Yeah. And through work, I've always helped to arrange weekends away to do hiking and walking and sporting events. Can you say, as we spoke about earlier, it's a lovely way to switch uh, to switch off. You know, after a hard week at work, have a bit of fun. Um, you know, stretch yourself a bit. It, it obviously helps. You, at, you know, with your health and fitness and your uh, and your mental health as well. So um, yeah. So what do you want to do? Do you feel anything? What? Oh, I'm, I'm just like everybody else. I mean, I'm, I, there's loads of things I'm scared of. I mean, I'll be absolutely honest, honest with you, Peter. Sitting here to do this in front of you, <laughs> having a, a speech impediment, is going you know, to one of the shows uh, I think you know, I've done in a long while. Um, I, but I, I like the expression, I should, I should do something every day that scares you. And um, yeah, is there anything I fear? Well, um, I have fears like everybody yeah. else, but you know, I always aim to try to work through all of the doors. And uh, as I say, if you do something every day, which um, you, makes you stronger as well. Yeah. So let's let's come to close to the end of this. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about strategy and yes. the having clear roles and strategy. Now, one of the things that was drilled into me a long time ago was that hope is not a strategy. Mm. Um, and if you could name one event where strategic planning in your in your head that the event epitomizes strategic planning and success, mm. D-Day, Apollo 11 or whatever, what, what do you think well, it would be? Oh, I mean, linking out. I know it's um, a bit of a, bit of a bad a, question. An, well, it's not. It's a, it's a very interesting question. Um, I'm going to start from using an example, which I think of immediately um, after we're wrapped up here. Uh, you know, ourselves will be spending a few hours this evening at a, a lovely, yeah, almost handover stage <laughs> evening out. Um, I'm thrilled how that's happened, and uh, at the end of this, I want to obviously like just list a few of the um, of the lads at work who have helped organise all that and what have you. And it, I think it will be an extraordinary event, and I'm extremely excited about that starting in about an hour and a half. Looking outside of, of like the working environment, oh, it's a hard one. I'm st- I mean, I can think of you know lots of examples we mentioned earlier, uh, Winston Churchill, and how he handled uh, uh, the awful yeah. spot he was in at the early stage of the Second World War. Um, yeah, I think I'll I'll, I'll, I'll use that as an example. Yeah, yeah. And how he handled how he handled the next, you know, yeah. few years of the yeah. um, war as well. Yeah, brilliant. So, at the outset of a project, do you sit down and, and think about all the priorities you've got and try to actually prioritise the priorities and think, I, do, I need I to do, actually yeah, crack on with this yeah, thing first? I do. I, um, I like to, to spend a, f- a few hours. You, 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 once a, a job lands and you, you've not even, you know, are you involved in the job's not even started, you're just looking at it and there might be three others looking at the job as well. I like to hide myself away for a few hours and think about, you know, how I would um, work work in this building, yeah. <clears throat> and I like to sketch it up in outline, and then I like uh, to ask people's advice, and yeah. views on that strategy. So, 
Look, every every scheme, every every one of the buildings I've ever worked on hasn't ever ended up as I thought it would at the start. Yeah. A job and a strategy, week by week, other things arise. You think, well, actually, how about if I, I used his idea or her idea? And you and you look at those ideas and you look at all the opportunities. So I always have an aim at the start. I always have a, a spine, which is the strategy of the scheme. I ask lots of advice and help, and I, I use that advice and help at the start and then throughout of the job to simply, you know, understand that strategy and, and look at opportunities and uh, I, I I mean I'm learning every day I'm yeah. learning every day and I don't think I would say I'm an expert in anything I, you know everybody who's in the industry we've got experts in frames and structures we've got, structures, we've got architects we've got experts in envelopes and how you fit out and need loads of experts and I if there's anything I aim for I want to have all the advice, views and help so that you can add it in, yeah. working through the job and it just you end up a bit smooth and a bit leaner. So I'm going to ask a couple of questions just to finish this off. Yeah. What's your view on apprenticeships in this country? Do you think we've missed a trick? Do you think we need more apprenticeships? I think we're doing all right. I, I, well, I think you know we're doing all right and our, ourselves have a, a lot um, at working at Vinci. Um, where I've worked else, elsewhere, I've worked with a lot as well. Um, have we enough? I don't think we have. Um, and, and obviously, at the, industry, the industry needs to do more to promote it. I think it does, yeah. I, I, you mindless views, I think it does. And the ones I've worked with, as a general rule, have been exceptional. Yeah. They've been exceptional. I mean, you know, I think we've got possibly three or four working on, on the job at. Um, New Vic, yeah. who have been a real strength throughout yeah. that as a scheme. You, you know, the enthusiasm to understand the, the job and learn has, has been awesome. And uh, and yeah, it's an absolute strength. It's an investment because you have, you have, obviously have to help, help them learn as well. But I think, you know, we are working hard on it as an industry. Are we working hard enough? like almost anything you know it would help if it worked a bit harder yeah, well. yeah. so artificial intelligence I, mean, I don't know whether you've done the chat GPT stuff and I, I must admit I'm a I'm a little bit of a convert to it over the past couple yeah. of weeks um, I, I, I'll be dead honest with you I don't really understand it enough at right. the moment and I'm aware it's been looked at um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm aware it's, it's where Aspects of the industry are heading. You've seen us with our VR cameras going on yeah. Um Yeah, look, anything which helps us, anything which makes the, the jobs a bit leaner, run a bit smoother, yeah. helps with health and safety, is always worth exploring. At the moment, if I'm if I'm absolutely frank, I, I don't really understand this enough at the moment. Please. That's fantastic. Look. Tony, thank you very much for your time. I know your beautiful wife is actually getting ready for the Absolutely. black tie event tonight. I'm Absolutely. very looking forward to actually going there. Yeah. Um, it's been a great few years working with you yeah. as a team. Yeah, um, loved it. Really, really enjoy it. What are you doing next? What's so, I, I mean, I have started to work on a few other yeah. jobs as well, which I'm helping. Um, obviously, our industry, we start a job, we work on it, we work hard, and then we hand it over, yeah. we start another one. And it's almost endless. So I, 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 you know, there are a number of other jobs and schemes I'm working on, helping on at the moment, looking at. 
And yeah, I just hope um, all of them end up exactly how it's ended up there at New Vic. And uh, everybody you know, walks away smiling. Well, I know everyone at Halo is looking forward to working with you again at some point in time, so thank, thank you. you very much. Do you mind thank you very I, much for the time. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I've loved it. And if I could just say, I'd just like to thank everybody who has worked on the scheme. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to thank all of them for all their, their hard work and efforts and help. See, that's typically you. Well, it's typically you. It's not about, yeah, no, it's not about it's you, just me. It's about, it's about everyone. So... I mean, I, I, you know, we have an evening event this yeah. evening, yeah. which is almost everybody who's been working on the job. Yeah, yeah. Be out you made a point of actually inviting uh, people to invite their partners as yes. well. Which, again, typically you, well, inclusive. It's, it's long hours, the industry, is, you know, yeah. we often spend long My hours My wife apologises for not being That's here, fine. but we no. couldn't get a babysitter. No, I understand. No, yeah. but, you know, we often work long hours away from our, our yeah. families as well. I'm thrilled um, other halves are here. Um, and yeah, as we're saying, I just want to thank yourselves and everybody who's worked on the job. It has been a wonderful job to be involved in. And um, yeah, um, thank you, Peter. Brilliant, mate. All the best. Great stuff. So there you have it. It took a while to get there, only seven months to actually issue the second part of the interview. But it has been and was a brilliant, brilliant time working with Tony and the team at Manchester to deliver New Victoria, uh, which is rocking the uh, rental accommodation market in Manchester for Pension Insurance Corporation. So what about Tony? Well, Tony's gone on. He is now Midlands Regional Director for Vinci and well-deserved that is too. Let's get back to the little issue of compliance and how much does it cost to be compliant. British Standards Institute, you need to wake up and not be part of the problem. Let's make life simple, not complex. This is Peter Bo for Halo signing off. Thank you very much.